Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Good to have you here. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. And it's good to have so many of you uh, here on this Sunday morning. And uh, I thank the Lord uh, for the, the freedom that we have together. And let's not take this for granted uh, there are many places around the globe where uh, they're not allowed to gather like we do here. And so uh, this morning, uh, you have come. And this morning, my prayer is that you would hear the word of God and receive it and apply it in your life. I want, I would desire that uh, the fullness of who Jesus is would be known to each and every one of you. For those of you uh, that are visiting this morning, uh, let's just welcome them with a, a round of applause. Yeah. Good to have all of you here that are visiting. And uh, if you were invited or if you just chose to come in this morning, it is not by chance. The Lord wants to speak into your heart and into, into your life this morning. And uh, so uh, that you would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Let's just take a moment and pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you that we can worship and praise you. And Lord, for uh, the remembrance of your finished work on the cross this morning as we have communion. Lord, that there would be a reminder of your broken body and your shed blood so that we could have forgiveness of sins. We could be made whole. We could be made alive in you. Uh, Lord, with a hope, a future, and an eternity. And Lord, we just thank you. You are here this morning. And Lord, I pray, let there be a powerful work done in each and every heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Let it be. <clears throat> you ever have something happen, and it maybe have, would have been a, a gradual thing that you, you allowed to have come into your life, and then it seemed like that thing consumed you it has that has that ever happened to anybody here where you've you felt like man this thing has taken up a lot of my time let me give you a quick example our phones you know what i've come to find with the like i thank god for the technology i thank god for all that can be done with technology Yesterday, I went to Toronto and, and had a, a meeting uh, of ministers in Toronto. And, and the amazing thing was, I had this, my phone just on, attached to the, the, the dash. And with it, I was able to make calls all the way there, an hour and a half of calls all the way there. And on the way back, about half of that time, calling different individuals because of this. And I say, thank you, Lord, for the technology. But I'll tell you, there's another side of this that is nasty. The other day, I was, the other day when I was in prayer, Pastor Joel, I was, as I was, I'm praying, or as others are praying, I'm in agreement with them. I had put my, my phone down beside me, and my, my hand was on the phone. It's like I can't even, I can't even function without my phone? Are you kidding me? Like even in prayer, it's like my hand is on the phone? It was like, you know, <laughs> no, I don't want this distraction. I'm going to put it away, and I'm going to put my hand. I need to focus on the agreement in prayer. 
where two agree concerning anything, this thing can be a nasty device. And the amount of time that we can spend on this in any given week, I'll tell you, <laughs> when I was growing up, how many of you remember the dial phones? Okay. That's, that's giving away our age. But we had to, we, we didn't just say, hey, Siri, call mom or call Oma. She's going to start calling. Yeah. It was like dialing. And the long numbers, I think zero was the longest, right? So you pull it around all the way around and go. And it's like, you younger generation, you don't, you don't remember those times. Some of us, I don't know, if anybody didn't have a phone in their house when they first were born, I don't know. I know my, my mom. Did you have a phone in your house, mom? Like, what's a phone? When she grew up, there was no phone in the house. All, what I'm saying is this. It's amazing how certain things make life e easier, but the amount of time that can be consumed as we let it in. Today, I want to... I thought it was just going to be a one-time one thing. And, and as you know, over the, the years, it's like, it's turned into, it's morphed into much, I, there's no way I can finish today. But it's, it's entitled Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. When we were uh, first married, we were living in the upper floor of a house. On the main floor of our house was a drug dealer, we did not know. Drug dealer. His wife was uh, an exotic dancer. And so this was the main floor. We were upstairs. And with that, there was a lot of visits that took place. At all times of the day and night, and it would happen for maybe, you know, Three, four minutes, short visits, a little bit of an exchange taking place. But we're talking, the thing that bothered me afterwards, they had a little daughter, four years of age, that was, I don't know, I don't know whatever happened. Like we were there for two years, we lived there for two years, and we interacted within the first six months because of grabbing a hold of something, say, hey, I can make some money off this. There was this allowance of thieving to take place in their lives. They allowed it in. They're not, not believers. I think, I think the, the, the lady uh, had grown up in church. But the allowance of things in, and I can remember one night, it was around 11 o'clock, Julie and I had already settled down for bed, and next thing we know, we hear the hugest crash, and there's uh, the racing of feet through the entire house. Basically, the house got raided without us knowing it. It's like, thanks a lot, guys. No warning. In fact, it was after... Everything happened, and they w went through the house, seizing and, and taking note of things and whatever, the police. One of the uh, detectives or whatever came up, knocked on the door, said, hey, 
just want to let you know, this is what has already happened. Uh, so just wanted to give you a, a heads up on, on, on this. And uh, never saw the, the man again. Never saw him again. His wife and daughter continued to live there over the course of the next, uh, as long as we were there. And uh, so there was an interaction that, that took place of, of just trying to, to be friendly, trying to be uh, a witness. Uh, I, I say all of that to say this. As believers, I want you to know that there are things that we may allow into our lives that consume us. And they take they rob from us. They steal from us. And we need to be aware of these, these things. And if, if you have your, your Bibles with you, uh, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 21. As you are going there, uh, I just want to read quickly from John 10, verse 7 to 11. It says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever ca- uh, came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Saying, man, I want to take care of you. I want for you to, f- to flourish, to thrive in who you are in your existence. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. A den of thieves. We can maybe buy into that or get sucked into it or allow that into our lives. It It is about stealing from you. It is about taking from you. And there's, a, there's no profit for you. There's a stealing from you, a profiteering from you. Not the other way around. It's being taken from you. Sometimes we get sucked into it. Other times it comes in very subtly. And we don't even realize what's happening until it's almost too, it's too late. And it's like, how do I get out of this? Sometimes we may even justify, sometimes we get, as we get sucked into it, there's this thing of justifying what's happening in our life. You might say, what does it mean to justify? It means to make excuse as to why I am doing a certain thing. So we begin to make excuses for what we have grabbed onto or have allowed into our lives. It is all about our life and how we are living it. How is your life going? How are you living? As you rate your life with the Lord. And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the unbeliever today. I am talking about believers. I'm talking about believers. And to, to examine yourself and, and, and to evaluate, what, what is my life with Christ at at this point? 
And I recognize that sometimes there's this, we can start off really high and, and gradually move down, or there can be these, these valleys and hills and mountains. And so our life may be going like that, or maybe we might be at a low point, or maybe we're at a high point. And so on one day, we might say, yeah, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm at 10. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm at a, like a 12. I'm off the charts. And another time, it's like, man, I'm off the charts in the negative. You say, God, what's happening in my life? So we, we need to identify where we're at. We need to look and examine ourselves. Today, as we have communion, there is this aspect of examining yourself. And in, this being in light of Jesus Christ, his broken body, and his shed blood for us. Now, I want to I talk about the temple and this passage that we're going to be uh, is going to be our foundation for the next few weeks is Matthew 21. And start, just a few verses starting at verse 12. Before I go there, the temple was to be the meeting place of the people with God. And so it was put into place a mobile, a moving temple, even very quickly after the, the Israelites came out of slavery, the Lord gave to Moses the, the structure of what the temple was supposed to be, and it was structured around what is important and is part of heaven. And it was all about sacrifice having to be made for us to come into the presence of, of God. The thing about the, the early temple, and that early temple was that there was a, a, an outer court, there were inner court, there, an inner court, there was a section of the temple where there was the holy or the holy place. Outside of the holy place, there was an altar, and there were sacrifices made. Josephus, the historian, says that in any given Passover from one year to the next, like it wasn't just a few animals that were sacrificed. We are talking about what he accounted was 265,500 animals would have been sacrificed for just one Passover. We're talking hundreds of thousands of animals. We're talking about a very bloody thing. And this was, this was put into place by God himself, all pointing to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, the Lamb of God slain for us. And for, for a number of, of hundreds of years, over a millennium, there was to be this sacrifice being made. And so often we read in the Old Testament that this was not adhered to at all. And it was detrimental to the people. 
to entire generations that had nothing to do with God. And so they were the children of God, having nothing to do with God by their choice and oftentimes by their leaders and what was allowed to happen. Today, I'm not talking so much about the body of Christ as I am talking about the individual, a member within the body of Christ, you and I are members within the body of Christ, and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so what do, have we allowed into the temple? So the temple, there were walls, there were steps, there were porches, there were porticos. You might say, what's that? It's, it's these, we have a bit of a, a porch, portico, out front here, a portico, where there's pillars and there's a, an over uh, a hang. And, and so there's things that can happen. It's amazing when it's raining or whatever, things can happen uh, underneath the, the, the portico, under the porch, and the porches, and there were there was porticos all the way around most of the, the 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 temple that was in place during Jesus' time. We're talking a huge complex. We're talking probably I don't know six, eight times the size of a an official uh, NFL football field. It was huge. And so the people came in to this, this complex. And right in the temple structure itself was the holy place where only the priests were allowed to go in. And the holy of holies, which only the high priest, one man, was able to go in one time a year. And this was happening with Jesus when Jesus was walking on this planet. Now, this is just before, Matthew 21 is just before the Lord would go to the cross. Probably a, a week or so before he would go to the cross. It says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to, to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. Another word for prayer is relationship, communion, fellowship, talking to each other. That's what prayer is. Just a simple thing of relationship. We have relationship. We talk to each other. A fellowship with each other. Sometimes some people talk more than others. And some people are perfectly fine with that. When you have two people that really want to talk, it's like, hey, give me a chance to talk too. But there's relationship happening in this, this communion. In prayer, my, the house, my house, that it would be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. There was an allowance of things to come into the temple. And as a result, there's a missing out. 
He drove them out. He drove them out. Look at what happens when it, there was a driving out. It says, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. There's things that are restricting us from our healing and from wholeness and wellness in our lives. I'm not talking just physical things or uh, things of health or whatever. I, I am talking spiritually. It's like, man, our lives as believers are pretty messed up. It's like, God, I don't want to be in this place. Why is there a continuation and there's no healing? It's because there's been a den of thieves that have set up in your, in your life. And it's Jesus is the one that can drive them out. We are not strong enough to get rid of the certain things in our life. Jesus said, he says, if you're going to be my followers, if you're going to be my disciples, deny yourself. And I think the biggest thing about denying yourself is give up on your efforts. Don't you think that you can do it on your own? You cannot. I cannot do it on my own. Even when it comes to the den of thieves that have set up shop within our lives and to overcome it, you can't do it by discipline. Deny yourself. Discipline is good, but there is so much that I cannot do, even with discipline. And especially with discipline, it's like I'm relying on myself rather than on the Lord. It was Jesus that went into the temple of God, and he drove all, out all those who were there. Jesus needs to drive these things out of our life. It says in verse 15, it says, But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. I'll tell you right now, there might be a, a part of you or even others that might be looking in, observing, or uh, might be indignant as to what's happening when it comes to the goodness of God in your life. There was a praise that went up. Hosanna to the son of David. This was the children were crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna, or oh, save. You might want to know what does Hosanna mean. It means, oh, save. Basically, you, you are the one that can save Jesus, son of David. And the, the, the priests, the chief priests and scribes, when they saw these wonderful things, were indignant. And he said, and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. And I'm not going to get into this so much uh, today. We're going to leave that for another thing of the thing of perfecting praise. It's like this was coming from the children. This morning, we have an opportunity for communion. We have an opportunity to praise the Lord. With communion, as we examine ourselves, Lord, is there a den of thieves within my, my existence in my life that I have allowed in? Psalm 8-2 is the passage that Jesus referred to about out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. A beautiful thing that our lives would bring praise to the one that has saved us. In Jesus' name. So, let me just give a little bit of history regarding this, uh, this den of thieves. 
says, there was a, because Jewish law required a temple tax of a half shekel, and you can read that in Exodus 30, so they had to, they, they came and there was a, a, a temple tax that was taken in. And this was, once again, in Exodus, this was what was the Lord had said, hey, this should be given. Jews and visitors from other nations came to pay their taxes when they offered their sacrifices. Now, okay, now, here, now it gets interesting. But foreign coins with the likeness of pag pagan emperors would not be accepted in God's temple at that time, the time of Jesus. So money changers exchanged those foreign coins for Jewish money, but they did so at an exorbitant or exorbitant profit, with profit. Rather than provide the service as a business in another part of town, they exploited the religious zeal of the visitors to Jerusalem and did their business on the temple ground. So it's like, hey, they're having to come in. They're coming into the, the whole complex, and they're, the money changers are right there. It's not on the outside. It's inside the temple. Because they, these money changers, determined their own exchange rate, money, money changers easily took advantage of the poor and the foreigners pouring into Jerusalem for Passover. This was a wicked thing. To make a profit. These same money changers were also associated with others who engaged in shady business practices in the temple courts. Some sold sacrificial animals overcharging people who did not bring their own. Others were in charge of examining the animals to be sacrificed, and the animals had to be without blemish. And so they, they were examining the animals to make sure they were without, without blemish. And it was a simple matter just to declare an animal unapproved. Sorry, unapproved. Sorry, unapproved. And force the worshiper to buy another animal at an inflated price from the temple vendors. Such going, goings on, exploiting the poor and the foreigner, angered the Lord Jesus and was strictly forbidden in the Mosaic Law. Now, would you want to have that kind of thing set up in your own existence where you are being taken advantage of? And it's right within you. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. This is who we should be. Is our life a life of holiness? Or are there things that we've allowed into our lives and into our existence? And we know that it is not of God. And we've said, yes, it's okay. You can come in. Either it's hidden or it's just like I make justification and I'm, I'm, I'm quite okay. I've justified in my own mind that it's okay and I can let others know all about this thing that I've allowed into my life. Some of it is maybe even doctrine. I'll tell you, there are doctrines of demons seducing spirits that come in that are not of God, and they, we, we accept those things as saying, yep, 
I've been taught this. Entire denominations grab a hold of it. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there's a, a receiving in to our, this, who we are. And it's robbing from us. Regarding this, listen. There is a day coming. And should the trumpet sound today as believers. If you're a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, your faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. And that's where your faith is at and has, has remained. Today, if it's not there, it's in something else or you're not sure about where your faith should be. But it's simple. As Paul says in Galatians 3, verse 1, was not, did I, did I not come to you and portray Jesus Christ as crucified? Question mark. Was he not portrayed as crucified? I like what he says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. He says, I boast in nothing else but the cross of Christ. I boast in the cross of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, he says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but it is the power of God to those that are being saved. And you have the enemy trying to do whatever he can to shift, to have you grab a hold of something so that there's a den of thieves that will profit from you and take from you because you're in the wrong place, even doctrinally. For we are God's fellow workers, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. This is just leading up to this passage that talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. He wants to plant into. He's building a building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. What foundation? This is the foundation that, that he's, he writes in 1 Corinthians 2.2. He says, I am determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's your foundation. What's my faith in? Jesus and his finished work on the cross. That's why we have a reminder on a regular basis. That's where our faith needs to be. Hallelujah. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. No other foundation. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Every single one of our actions will be tested in fire as to what sort it was. Gold, silver, or precious stones that will go through fire and they are able to take fire. Or is it wood, straw, and hay, or hay and straw that is burned up? Some burning very quickly, others taking a little bit more, but in the end it's burned up. And some of the things that it hit me just this last week, the thing of the wood, wood is pretty durable things. And sometimes our conduct is the conduct of wood, which 
is very, uh, we, we would put, make as a, a very important thing in our life. And it takes up a lot of our time, and a lot of our life revolves around this thing of structure that we're thinking, well, this is good stuff, solid stuff, and it's not. And it's going to be burned up. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a, a reward. It'll endure the fire, the flame. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. You just barely made it. There's nothing to show for your life other than salvation. Oh, man. I want for my life to, be, to, to count for more. Lord, that I would not be caught up with the things of structure that I think are so important, but in the end will burn up. What a deception. A den of thieves being put in to our lives. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and he drove out all those who sold, bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. This is taking place in the, the outer court. In our lives, has to do with how we live and what we have allowed into our temple, into the existence of our life. And the beautiful thing is, Jesus is able to have these things removed, especially if you want them removed. It's like, I am bound in this thing. I'm caught up in this stuff. Jesus is the one that is able to drive those things out. It is allowing him to. Not to say, no, 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 Jesus. No, 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 no. No, no whipping here. No, no making of whips, nothing. I want, I'm hanging on to this stuff. See, Jesus in John chapter 2, when he began his minister, ministry, he had, a, he had done that. At the beginning of his ministry, in Matthew 21, he's at the end of his ministry now, and he's doing the same thing. And in three and a half years, there was no change in the temple. We say, Lord, let there be a change in my life that I wouldn't be hanging on to the garbage that is there. And you know it. You know it. The Holy Spirit is convicting you. Lord, how long has the conviction been there that I've made excuses and I've just, I've hung on to these things. They need to be removed from our life. Jesus is the one that can remove the den of thieves, all the thieves that are robbing from you, removed. Let him remove those things in your life. I'll tell you, we, we are so caught up in ourselves, the enemy would have us place our faith in ourselves to get rid of things in our life that only he can do. And so we, we, the enemy is quite content in just saying, oh, they're going to place their faith in themselves to get rid of these things. Yes, let it happen. Let it happen. No, no worries. How many of you have made a New Year's resolution? And how long has that resolution been kept? 
Some of us may have, may have lasted for weeks. Most of us probably just days. And another huge number probably just hours. It's like, and then within that, it's like, ah, forget it. There's no way I can overcome this. I'm telling you, if your faith is in yourself to get rid of the things, if your faith is in someone else, if it's in an agency, if it's in a program, whatever it may be, if it's not Jesus that's getting rid of these things, you're going to have struggle. And Jesus was the one that drove these individuals or these things out of the temple. Jesus is the one that drove out those who were buying and selling. You know what? Sometimes this buying and selling, have you ever, have you ever been upset with God about something that didn't come to happen? I know I've been, I'm there or have been there at different points. Like, come on, God, I've come to you. And there's almost this bartering with God. Well, you know what, God? If you don't come through, that's it. I'm, I'm done with you. There's people that walk away. When it comes to the, the, the parable of the sower and the seed, the seed that was stone, sown in the stony ground, one of the, I think it's Matthew, it talks about when there is persecution and tribula tri tribulation that comes. Like So the, the plant grows up in the stony ground. It's like, oh, yeah, this plant is growing and it's alive. It's, when it comes to us as believers, yeah, they're, they've given their life to Jesus. But the first time, and I find it interesting, the first time that there's persecution that comes, and it says, as a result of the word. And so he, we've, we've, we're saying, well, no, 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 Lord, I'll do other, these other things, but this thing I'm hanging on to, so we're going to barter with God. We hang on to it, and so these, these people that are buying and selling, there's a buying and selling. There's a bartering with God. I remember doing a barter. I won't get into the details of it. A vow. So when I was very... When I was young. And the vow was this. Lord, if, I, if you will allow me to have. Okay. Maybe I'll be more specific. Lord, if you allow me to have this person, I will serve you my entire life. My wife is leaving now. Oh, no, she's saying, I got to, I got to, there's a call coming through. I got a call. Oh. <laughs> we make vows with God that we, we have, perhaps, once we get what we're, we've vowed, that, uh, that God is saying, hey, I want to hold you to your vow. That's why it's not good to make vows. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And so we're bartering with God. And so when it doesn't work out for us, it's like, you know what? This is too much. There is too much persecution and tribulation as a result of your word. I'm going through hard times. And you know what? It's not worth it. You know what? There were people, believers, that are dying even today 
that are dying because of their faith in, in areas of persecution are dying because of their faith. I, was, I just listened to a, a testimony of a lady that was uh, an uh, Iranian lady that um, they got saved. And, and uh, anyway, she was jailed and she was in prison, I, th I think, for five years in Iran. And the things that she, she suffered and that they wanted for her to basically say, hey, you just have to renounce Christ. You are free. We want for you to allow a den of thieves, the thieves to come to steal, kill, and destroy you spiritually. She had one of her friends in prison who eventually was, was killed. Like the things that they did to, to her friend to have her renounce. I, I'm not even going to repeat. She, she mentioned it. It was like horrific. She was hanging from the ceiling and she was just hanging there. And the things that they did to this woman, eventually she died. She would not renounce because the Lord, He is Lord. And He is the one that says, I want to kick out everything. And we recognize the value of Jesus Christ in our lives. Lord, that you would be Lord in my life, that there would be nothing that would hinder you from being in my life. So drive out this, this thing of bartering with you, of justifying with you, of making demands of you, and, 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 I, and we're doing it. Lord, I know that you love me. You gave yourself for me. There's an overturning of the tables of the money changers. There's things that we've allowed in, to become entrenched, entrenched in our lives. It starts with just one little table being moved in. It says here, he overturned the tables. It was a setting up of shop in your life. There's a setting up of shop in your life. It starts off with this one little thing. And that little, one little thing now becomes two. And it just morphs and there's tables and there's stuff that is happening in your life to steal from you. And you've allowed it into your life to become entrenched in your life. It wasn't there before, but you've allowed them into your life. Sometimes it's things you've, you've, you've come to Jesus. He's washed you of all your sins. And there was a time where you're saying, hey, you know what, I'm doing okay. And there was radical transformation that took place, and you're doing all right. Why? Because your faith that saves you is the, sa the same faith that needs to continue in, in you. And as you shift off that faith of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, these other things come in. I have people that, that got rid of things in their life from before they were saved, and they allow it back into their lives. Because they're relying on their own strength, their own discipline to overcome stuff that initially was taken care of by one simple thing. Not you or me, but faith. That's why Satan, or why, why Jesus says, or the word spoken to Paul in Ephesians 6 says, above all, taking the shield of faith whereby which every fiery dart is quenched. And the Satan wants to set up shop, and he's saying, you know what? You might say, how do I put down my shield? Very simple. When your faith is no longer in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, you put down your shield, and you wonder why you are getting hit 
left and right. Because your faith is somewhere else. And it's, oft, it's oftentimes in yourself trying to overcome stuff. Wow, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to be a part of this and whatever. And I'm not talking about, hey, as a pastor, my main thing is this, and I'll, I see what happens. What is your faith in to get through? Let it be in Jesus Christ and his finished work. And they say, and there's almost immediately, there's this, this justifying to get around this, this comment. Yeah, you know what? I, I, just, I just take a lot of time to pr- get in the word and praise. Worship and praise is wonderful. The word is powerful. But what's your faith in? Oh, you know what? It's in how much I read the word of God. Hey, I read the word of God a lot. But I'll tell you right now, if you don't do it, you can read 24-7. If you don't do it, you're a fool. Not by me, but by God's standards and evaluation. The amount that you may read, it's about what you do with what you read. Am I applying it in my life? So here Jesus is the one that overturns the tables of the money changers that, that have become entrenched. So it's not just one table. Now it's two, now it's three, now it's four. And it's morphing in your life. Have you ever seen it? It's like, oh my goodness. Like the same things that I had before. They come all flooding back and I'm doing these things. And I have to do it hidden. And I get to a point where it's not so much hidden anymore. I'm justifying. Oh yeah, I'm struggling in this area now again. I was good for... Weeks, months, years. Now I'm getting back into it. Simple thing. Back to allowing Jesus the opportunity to do the work in your life. Let him kick out the people or the things. Turn over the tables. Get out. Jesus is, is having you live life. It's like, thank you, Lord. Lord, going back to my wife, the two of us are, are fully, there's nothing else in the house that's uh, except for the two of us. And Julie knows I haven't arrived yet. You know, you know I haven't arrived yet. But I thank God for what he can do on a flawed individual. So I, Lord, I just, I just surrender to you. Go ahead. Have your way in my life. Overturning the tables of the money changers. I'm, I'm having them removed. Overturning the seats of those who sold doves. Now this, I've already alluded to. The seats of those who sold doves. So what God had put into place was the sacrifices. Those that were more well, or they were well off, or they they could afford, could bring a bull, one-year-old male bullock without blemish for sacrifice. Or they could bring a a lamb 
Those that didn't have much would bring, or they would bring turtle doves, or they, at this point, could, die, could buy turtle doves. Now, you might be at a point where you say, you know what? To me, this passage speaks about the value of the cross. Because I can almost see them coming in. Now, I'm, I'm maybe reading between the lines for some of this. They come in with a bull or a lamb. And those that are selling doves in the temple are saying, Hey! You know what? I'll give you X number of dollars for your bull. Of course, it's undervalued. And then it's turned around and sold for something else. And just take a dove. Just take some turtle doves for the sacrifice. Hey. Going through the ritual, going through the emotions, there, there are entire denominations that just go through a ritual. In fact, it may be you here this morning just going through the ritual of communion. Just a ritual. The value. The value of Jesus' finished work on the cross. The Lord is saying, you know what? If it's just a ritual, that needs to get out of your life. I'm just going through the motions. Even of communion, I just go through the motions. The value of what he did for us on the cross is what totally gets us into a position to go all the way into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God himself. And we're at a point where you're saying, you know what, I'm still caught in the outer court with all the garbage in my life. And when was the last time I went to pray or went to have communion with the Lord? We get caught up with so many things in our lives, in our daily lives as believers to the point we can get to a place. We can get to a place of Revelations 3.20. Jesus is on the outside knocking to get in. He's no longer in your life. He's knocking to get in. You know that church, the Laodicean church? They thought they had it all together, that they were rich, that they could see, they're clothed. And because they were not at that place, he says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. It's interesting. Jesus says, that you would buy gold from me. That's in Revelations 3, regarding the Laodicean church. He says, repent. Buy gold from me. The only reference about gold has to do with our faith. Peter talks about our faith is like gold that is tried in fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are you at where are you at? I'm going to call the worship team to come forward. And I think you might have to make a few adjustments here. But we want to have communion.
we want to have communion at this time. Listen, if you're, don't, don't just go through the motions this morning. The conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't move. Don't move and say, I, I, no, I can't take this conviction. I can't take this conviction. Give yourself over to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. Heed the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's saying, listen, I want to take care of this. Jesus wants to remove this from it within your life, this den of thieves that has come in. I want to read from Psalms 8 as we take communion. And I want you, I know today's maybe been a, a, a more, th- or a, it's, it's been a, a message of, that's been a little bit harder. What I want to do is expose maybe the things that have come into your life to you. It's between you and God. But listen to this passage. It's talking about giving praise out of the mouth of babes. A perfect praise. A perfect praise. Listen to this beautiful thing. And so much of it is because or is around us. It says, O Lord, our Lord, which is Jehovah Adonai. Adonai is all about wanting to take care of you. I want to take care of you. I am King of kings and Lord of lords. The Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they want to take care of you and help you even in the things that you can't help within yourself. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens and also wants to be a part of our lives within us. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger, the den of thieves in your life that they can be silenced, they can be removed in Jesus' name. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? That you would even consider us. You know where we're at. You know the things that we're going through. You know the things that are in, in our hearts that are plaguing us. And the Lord is saying, I can get rid of those things for you. Let me. I am Yahweh Adonai, Jehovah Adonai. I want to take care of this in your life. When I look at all the things, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Of all that's been made and and, and you have created, that you would even consider us. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. And here is man. Me, you. The Lord is considering. The Lord is considering. Can we stand together? If you, have, if you don't have 
a communion cup this morning, get it. But if you're going to get it, I don't want you to take it. And I want to give you an opportunity to get right with the Lord. Or if you're here this morning, you say, you know what, I'm, I'm not right with the Lord. And in fact, the Lord has not, never been in my life. I've heard about him, but I need for him to come into my life this morning that there would be a prayer of surrender, a confession of faith in Jesus Christ, his body that was broken, his blood shed for us so we could have wholeness and healing and above all that we could have our sins forgiven, every single one of our sins taken care of. Why? Because he loves you so much. Because he loves you so much. And you say, well, I don't know. Lord, if I, I don't know if I can overcome these things in my life. And the Lord is saying, you can't, but I can. I'm able to take care of those things in your life. Let me take care of those things in your life. Hallelujah. So I want to give an invitation. And if we could pray together, part of it will be if you are, are here and you need salvation, maybe for the first time, I want you to pray this prayer. If you're here and you need things cleaned out of your life, pray along. You're saved, but man, there's a den of thieves in your, in your existence that the den of thieves would be removed once and for all, and Jesus can do it. Can you say amen in, in agreement with that? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your tremendous love for me. You demonstrated this by going to the cross and dying for me. You have taken all my sins upon yourself. That I can be washed clean and set free. I need to be free. That which has bound me, consumed me, stolen from me, it needs to be removed. And I give you permission to kick out, to remove, to expel the thieves in my life. In Jesus' name, I invite you into my life as Savior and as Lord. That this body would not be a temple of a den of thieves, it would be the temple of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.